0: Aloha and welcome to this episode of the Ohana Packers Edition podcast, the podcast where two dudes from halfway across the world talk everything green and gold. I'm Mike and that's Iowa Joe. Today we are uh, previewing the week seven game against Denver Broncos. Green Bay is coming off of its buy and looking for a bounce back. Joe, are you thinking they're coming with a bounce back this week?
1: Historically, No. (laughs) Because for the longest time, the Packers always seem to come out flat uh, after the bye week. I'm hoping it changes. Also, historically, they haven't done well in Denver. So, you know, that is going to be... What was it? The last time they played in Denver was the game, one of Rodgers' worst games, wasn't
0: it? and the one
1: where everyone was like, oh my God, Peyton can still throw... Yeah, um, because I think what Rodgers was like sub one hundred and fifty in passing yards, wasn't he? I swear
0: to God, he ended up under a hundred, but he probably did get under. He probably did get over a hundred, but it felt like he was at like fifty yards for the whole game.
1: Yeah, so that was the last time, as far as I remember, that was the last time they were. In yeah. Denver. So it, it definitely has to be better than that. You would think. <laughs> Uh, you'd
0: like to hope so.
1: <laughs> so, but realistically it's two struggling teams, one kind of struggling team and one majorly struggling team going against each other. I, so I, I hope that they bounce back, but you just got to take it with, you know, roll with the punches as they say. Yeah.
0: Basically this is a week to find out. Okay. We said that there would be a, hopefully a will be a bounce back before the Raiders game this week it's like okay are you guys struggling or are you just a bad bad team kind of thing so that's sort of what's on the docket of discovery for this week for the Packers but health should not be an excuse this week the team is healthy you got seven guys who are no longer on the injury report most importantly um Jair and Christian Watson so you know everyone was kind of giving their piece on how healthy was Watson against the Raiders. I don't think he was hundred percent. So hopefully this means that we see the highly explosive playmaker we were expecting coming into the season. And the only guy who didn't participate today was Devondre Campbell, who Lafleur kind of alluded to that he might be doubtful by the end of this week, though they're going to give him every chance to play. So at least we should see pretty much the full roster out there come Sunday, but, um, I guess, you know, obviously need to see Jones be out there, but it would be nice to see that starting, Sans Bakhtiari, that starting offensive unit on the field for the first time since this whole season, actually, now that I think about it.
1: Definitely. I I mean, I'm still hoping they do some kind of revamping of the offensive line, you know, switch something up, do something there. So, you know, I'll be honest, I don't know how – uh, Denver's defense has been this year, but they has, they normally have one of the, is it a pretty poor defense. They are bad. <laughs> I, I knew the offense was doing absolutely nothing, but normally the best uh, group on their team is the defense. So, but I mean, anything can happen. But you would hope that the Packers will come out and just, you know, maybe this will finally be the the game that. The floor does the whole, uh, you know, the uh, all gas, no fucking break and stuff like that. But who knows?
0: Who knows? Yeah, it from initial reports, it doesn't sound like there was any shuffling on the O-line. We haven't seen anything coming out of practice so far this week, but yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I think their hope is that with everyone, you know, sans Bakhtiari healthy, that they should have a better O-line, you know, more akin to what they had in weeks one through three than what they did in the last couple weeks. But that remains to be seen. And the only other Packers update that we have is that Eric Stokes continues to practice. I wouldn't take too much into consideration that he hasn't been activated yet. The team usually likes to announce that kind of stuff on as late as they can. So that'll probably come out Saturday if they do activate him. But, um, you it know, talking about how soon, right? As long as it's before Saturday's deadline, that's that's literally it. That's the, the only um well, hurdle they I have mean. to clear. It, it has yeah.
1: to be soon. I was gonna say Yeah, if he plays
0: this Sunday, weeks. he has to you know when they release the um the like final final injury report the Saturday before and then they announce who their practice squad elevations are, yeah. So um that would be when they'd have to announce it. So Well no, I we'll mean see.
1: his three weeks is up, right? Because you get three weeks after being declared, you're going to return off. I of think,
0: Pup. I think it's that it's 21 days, so which is
1: three weeks.
0: <laughs> so, but I think the 21 days puts it to like next week Tuesday or something okay. like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you would like him to be active for this game, but they can make that decision like next week Monday or something like that. So, they do have like technically four more days or some crap like that. So, yeah, okay. It's a weird one, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, no, I, I know that to come off pup, if you start, you have a three-week window of yeah. practice before, and I know it's been a bit since they they said that he was going to be returned, or yeah. they opened the window, and I wasn't sure when exactly it was.
0: Yeah, it was before the it was before the Raiders game, but it it just gets thrown off because of. How wonky Green Bay's schedule has been with the mini buy going into Monday night, then coming on into the bye-bye the week. So yeah. So it's it's been like 17 days or whatever the hell. So um, they're they're gonna have to make a decision soon, but all return sounds like Stokes will be back more likely this week, but there is a slight chance it will be next week. Um Green Bay is healthy and the Broncos are relatively healthy too. Their only DNP is Greg Dulcich, who we'll get into a little bit. But like you kind of brought up, Joe, that defense, it's a bad defense. Um so the Bron you know, like if you read into the to DVOA, the Broncos are overall the 30th team. They are the 32nd ranked defense. Um, so yeah, that unit I have it in my notes. They basically have two players who would Definitely start on other teams. Patrick Sertan Jr. and um, Justin Simmons, their safety, and that's kind of it. They've traded off a lot of pieces. Um, Bradley Chubb last year, um, and they've just kind of, you know, they they've neither guy has been the guy that they thought they were signing. But you know, they've just traded and/or released um, Randy Gregory and Frank Clark in the last couple of weeks. But it's a unit that doesn't have a strong front, so. This is one of those games where in the eye of the beholder, it's like it um, it matters that Green Bay's front plays well against it. But if, you know, Green Bay happens to run for like 200 yards, it's not, oh, they fixed it. It's okay, good. They did what they should against a bad front. It's that kind of game in terms of what they're facing in this Denver team.
1: Well, I'm going to go back for a minute, Mike, because we forgot yeah. two uh, updates the big one is that they signed James Robinson to the (laughs) practice squad, which I, you know, it is what it is. Obviously you hope he goes back to the, you know, his rookie season and before the Achilles injury, you know, he's, he's had a slow process coming back. He is still only 25. So, you know, he's, he's got some time to work with, but, and I know a lot of people are kind of overthinking, Thinking it with them signing Robinson. And this is why I kind of wanted to touch on it because I think a lot of people are overthinking it with the signing of James Robinson because they're like, Oh, well then that means a man. And then with what LaFleur kind of said about Emmanuel Wilson, that this means he's done. This means he's done. Or, you know, this, this is going to take away from AJ Dillon. Well, no guys, you're overthinking things a little bit. They didn't bring Patrick Taylor back. Mainly yep. because they would have had to create a roster spot for him. And secondly, because he was out of call-ups. So they had to bring somebody onto the practice squad that if needed, they could call up. And by signing James Robinson, that gives them their guy to, if need be, call him up for, you know, a game If let's say Aaron Jones tweaks his hamstring again or, you know, AJ gets hurt or Wilson gets hurt. This allows them to do it without, you know, have to overreact on something and sign some guy and rush him out there. So that's basically what I see The James Robinson. And then of course the, the side part of it is you hope that he uh, regains his, his rookie of the year form and, you know, you you kind of, it like I said on another uh on and on one of the chats for another show uh it's basically a no risk high reward type situation there's no risk to it because he's only taken up a practice squad minimal money to him but it's high reward where you know if he comes in and he goes back to his rookie of the year stat you know type play then we don't have to rely on Jones as the feature back. You know, AJ can go back to doing whatever AJ's doing and whatever. You know, that may mean we lose Wilson or whatever. But, you know, hey, you have 2,000-yard rushers in the same backfield? I guess I I would like that.
0: No, yeah, it's – an Achilles injury, it is um, one of those where more time after means more rehab. And the the good thing for Robinson is he was never a plus athlete. So it's not like his production as a rookie was because he was some dynamic athlete and the Achilles injury took that away from him. And so he's not going to be the same player or anything like that. He only ran a 4.64 or something like that. So, um you know, you, you hope to see... The, the trouble is, is that Green Bay's old line hasn't been doing their running backs many favors either, so that also has to be sorted out. But like you said, there's no real risk to this because it's like, okay, if he doesn't play well, you just go and sign the next free agent running back to the practice squad, kind of thing. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of like that scene in Fifty First Dates where the, where um Adam Sandler shows the video to Drew Barrymore and the dad and the brother are like, "What are you doing?" And he goes, "Uh." well, if it doesn't work, we'll just try something different tomorrow kind of thing. And that's honestly how I view this James Robinson signing. Like you said, if he returns to even 80% of what he was in the 2020 season, that's that's an insane return on investment for Goot at this point. And really, all they're trying to do is, like you said, they're just trying to find viable bodies who are there, whether to spell or you know, if worst case scenario happens, like you said, um, replace Jones if he gets injured again. So there's there's only real benefit to it. I, I, I don't foresee him being active this weekend just because um, it sounds like Jones is pretty healthy. And, you know, Robinson's only been here since Tuesday. So um, there's not a r- lot of turnaround on that. But who knows? You know, some people will say eh, it's running back, just run that way. <laughs> so we'll see, and
1: um, they can use all the help they can get get from the backfield. So, yeah. Well, and to give it- Robinson credit, going back to twenty twenty, I don't think the Jaguars had that great of an offensive line. So he no. knows how to run through trash. So you know that that kind of gives him an an up in it. But uh the the rumor was, or well, I guess it wasn't really a rumor, but. The, the news that I was seeing was they were trying to sign Daryl Henderson before, or they had him in for a workout before he went to the Rams practice squad. So it's not like they, you know, they were doing their due diligence to get somebody on the practice squad for that break glass, you know, type situation. So, and then of course, you know, we had another Anthony Johnson onto the roster. Well, you know that's kind of funny. We don't even play the one that we have currently on the roster, so they go ahead and add another one onto the roster.
0: Yeah, so we'll see. Um, That's why I was kind of smiling. I saw you wrote in some of your your uh, your stuff for later in the show, so that's that's what my grin was for. But heading back to the Broncos side, yeah, um, it's it's a game like I said where it's one of those where they don't have their best players are in the secondary. So it's not like against the Raiders where, yeah, the Raiders aren't a good defense, but their by far best player on defense was on their front. And Green Bay was both hurt on O-line and, um, you know, just struggling with O-line adjustments. So Crosby is the kind of guy with, you know, who plays with his hair and ass on fire all the time. So he can single-handedly take apart a game plan by just being so disruptive up front. Denver really doesn't have the horses for that anymore, which... Like you said, you know, when they were one of the top like five to 10 defenses in the league, the hallmark was that they had a great front, Uh, you know, just, they were just rolling through guys like Vaughn Miller, the end of DeMarcus Ware's career. They had some really good defensive tackles, but they've shuffled through all of those guys. Um, You know, like I said, they had the ghosts of Frank Clark and Randy Gregory, and they cut both of them loose. So um, this is going to be one of those P's and Q's games for the Packers O-line and, it's, it's going to be one of those fundamentals that's going to determine how successful they are on offense. I think um, if they can get love time, you know, that's the thing, too, is that Sertan can only cover one guy. Um, it'll be interesting to see who they match him up on. Um, I I'm not, I not didn't get to watch too much, so I'm not sure how much they... I believe they're more of a match team, just kind of what um, they were doing trying to do against Oak, uh, the Raiders with Devontae. But... Um, yeah, so keeping love clean, getting the run game going, that's gonna be the keys for Green Bay on offense this week. Um and on the other side of the ball, the Broncos are actually not as bad on offense as I thought they were. Um Russ is still more of a joke than he was the future, you know, the the trending Hall of Fame track player that he looked to be when he was with Seattle back in the middle of the last decade, but um you know, they have enough weapons that he can still be dangerous. The key for Green Bay is gonna be getting pressure on him, but especially for um Kenny, Devontae, and even like Carl Brooks and maybe Colby Wooden to get pressure from up the gut, because if you thought Russ couldn't throw over the middle of the field when he was with Seattle, he really sucks at it with Denver. And that's what's funny with them going to a combination of Russ and um Sean Payton because you know Payton his whole thing especially with Breeze as his quarterback was this ball control passing offense that you know it took its shots but a lot of it was um intermediate middle of the field routes so uh that'll be big to have Quay back this week um you know I like we both kind of said about the Raider game um what's it called McDuffie and Wilson both they both gave tremendous effort and did their best to fill in the holes for Quay and Devondre after Quay went out in the first half of the Monday night game. But you can see the impact of not having those two guys, those two starters length and reach on the field because um, even though McDuffie and Wilson are in like physical position to make a play, Quay and Devondre are both like two inches taller and their wingspans are longer. So, you know, even though they're standing in the same spot, the two starters take up more physical space in the middle of the field. So having Quay back, plus he's just the best athlete out of all four of the guys at inside linebackers. So having that, having Quay back is huge for this defense. And um, it'll, it'll just help gunk up the game uh, that Wilson is trying to see there in the middle of the field.
1: Yeah, while you were talking there, I was kind of um, checking out the the – broncos coaching staff you know i knew it was peyton even though i said the wrong name the other day but you know vance joseph defensive coordinator but it looks like peyton really like s- stacked his uh his staff with like ex football players yep he's got Kyrie colbert at wide receiver who was drafted by the panthers in 2004 uh Logan Kilgore, uh, ex-Packer, ex-Cardinal, Chris Banjo as an assistant special teams <laughs> coach. Um, it just... It, it's Zach Streef. I saw. Davis Webb as coaching oh. quarterbacks. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's just crazy what he's got going on over there for for his coaching staff. I mean, talk about and the funny one here is he's trying to kindle his old Saints uh, uh, staff. He has Joe Lombardi as his offensive coordinator. So, which they're right there is a Packer connection because Joe Lombardi is obviously the grandson of uh, legendary head coach Vince Lombardi. But I, I think it I I don't know. I, I know these guys – build their staffs with guys that they can trust and guys that know their system. But a lot of the ones that are on his staff are one year guys. You know, this is like their first year of being a coach. And sometimes that doesn't pan out like you hope because it still takes them a year or two to get used to the idea that, Hey, I'm not playing, I'm coaching. And you know, it, it, it could be one of the main reasons why they're not having much success, is I guess what I'm trying yeah. to say.
0: No, it makes total sense. Yeah. Like, especially guys like I, I don't think Streef retired that long ago, maybe like three years ago, and Banjo, I think, just hung him up. So yeah. Yeah, you're well, talking about guys uh, who are literally just hunging them up and coming into the into the office kind of thing.
1: Uh, Zach Streef has three years experience. So oh. it's been a few years. But Davis Webb, this is he has one year experience. Banjo has one year experience. Uh, Then looking at the rest of them, his pass rush specialist, Jamar Kane, has one year experience. Uh, The running back's coach has one year experience. Kiri Colbert, one year experience. Logan Kilgore, one year experience. Fabian Upshaw, one year experience. So I mean he's got a ton of young guys on that staff which you know in a way is great because you're helping groom that next that next line of coaches but you know it's a little
0: odd when you kind of think like Russ is the quarterback and their window isn't very wide or anything like that so yeah right. it is yeah it is a bit of a head scratcher in that regard you're right yeah
1: <laughs> so but you know, as for the Broncos, like, like I said earlier, this is a kind of struggling team going against a really struggling team. So it's – I don't expect it to be a 100% clean game, but – Like you said, especially in mile high. Right, and I, I'm just hoping that overall the Packers will come out looking better, uh. so it – you got to hope that by now they're starting to click a little more. I know the injuries have really hurt them, but I think friend of show Jacob Westendorf kind of said it on pick six the other night that I think this is one of the games that makes or breaks Jordan love. If if, uh, he comes out, he plays well. I'm not expecting him to come out and throw – you know, seven touchdowns for 550 yards and, you know, another 150 on the ground. I don't expect that, but, you know, something middling like, you know, 250 yards with two touchdowns and another, you know, 50 on the ground from him. That gives me hope because that shows me he's starting to click a little more and whatever. But if he comes out and has another game like he did against the Raiders, then you got to start wondering: Is this our guy?
0: Right? No, totally agree. Like that. the The biggest one I'm looking for is just to play a clean game again. Um, <clears throat> you know, he's thrown an interception in three straight games. The number has gone up in each of those three straight games. So you want to see that go down and like back to one or zero, preferably. But, um, yeah, that, that's the other side of it, too, that I'm looking for is obviously I want him to be productive. Um, you know, have a like you said, not necessarily blow the doors off because that, that would be just be too much of an expectation. But um, play an efficient and proficient game. Get back to the guy who looked confident going through his progressions. Obviously, having a healthy and stable O-line will, will tremendously help in that regard. But, you know, like I said, it's not fair. But that's the way you're gonna be able to tell what he's got between the ears is I understand that you know he's facing live rounds and you know the the O-line hasn't necessarily been good the last couple of weeks, but you can't revert to being a chuck it and duck it kind of guy. You gotta still do the fundamentals and you know play the right way kind of thing and stuff. And that's what he's gotten away from against the Lions and the Raiders, and what that's the thing that I'm looking forward to most to seeing whether Love has curtailed that and whether he gets back to being you know, the guy we saw, like you said, in the preseason in the first three weeks, or if he stagnates or worse, continues to devolve more from what we saw the last couple games before the bye. So, yeah, that's definitely the big thing to keep an eye on going into this
1: game, but
0: in terms of your projections, Joe, what do you got for us for your yes-nos this week?
1: Well, I'm thinking that we need to start a new game here coming soon, and with the the uh, practice squad call-ups we need to make a guess every week on who's gonna who's gonna make the practice squad
0: call all right you know what let's do that impromptu okay let me let me read it down so um what's it called ballantine is out everyone else yes. has theirs so far so of the rest of the practice squad you have Kishan Banks the edge from San Diego State DeBose, Jonathan Ford, Ennis Gaines. I think he has one or two, one left, I think. Uh, newly signed Anthony Johnson, the cornerback. Michael Jordan, old lineman. Magoo, who doesn't count because he's the emergency quarterback. Bo Melton, Aaron Mosby, uh, the linebacker from Fresno. Uh, Odumagoo, which I'm not sure if he can be called up since he's the international signing. He's Pearson. still technically on the uh I guess so, squad. yeah. So he should be. Yeah, I have to look into that. I didn't look into whether he... But he should be since he is on the practice squad. Um, Pearson, James Robinson, Benny Sapp, Chris Layton, Kadeem Telford, and Christian Young. Any of those sticking out as a guy who will make it this week for you?
1: I'm thinking one of the linebackers. Even though they've got, you know, Christian Welch and Eric Wilson and that for backup. Uh, let's see. It's a hard one because that, that's why I, I kind of interested in doing this because it'd be interesting to see if we can match up with what uh, they actually do. I'm going to say, because he kind of had a pretty good uh, preseason. I'm going to go with Keyshawn Banks for one of them. Are you marking these down? Because I'm not. I will write it in the notes. You know, I'm going to say Michael Jordan. Okay. Because I just, I have a feeling that at some point, and it may be coming soon, this Josh Meyer thing is just going to collapse. I, I think LaFleur is just going to get sick and tired of it. It's been a couple of weeks since they brought Michael Jordan onto the practice squad. So he's getting, you know, reps in, he's, he's getting the playbook in place that they is going to say, all right, you're done. Get out.
0: I'm going to go with, I think they'll use Ennis Gaines last one. And honestly, I'll give it to Ford.
1: I hope so. I, I was—he was my one real big surprise cut that they had. I really mostly because
0: was, of how much they were talking him up. Got it. That was the well, part not that just how surprised they me. They were
1: talking him up, but he really was showing up in the preseason. You yeah. know, even for a guy who was thought to be maybe maybe just a strict uh, run stopper, he was actually getting into the backfield more often than not. So you know he was getting some of those QB pressures. So he was one of my surprise, or one of the cuts that surprised me. Got it. But yep,
0: that'll be our fun new, fun new one to go for. Yes, no, um,
1: though. I'm going to take this one out because you've already okay. answered it. <laughs> uh, but. You know, uh, this one's just kind of a fun one because we keep saying week <laughs> in and week out. Does one of the Anthony Johnsons play?
0: I'm going to go with uh, how Sterling Sharp used to call his uh, games when he was on NFL Network. Hell no. <laughs> maybe maybe going with the reverse will will, will it into existence.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to keep saying it until they actually do it. And I'm just going to say, yeah, we'll, we'll see it. Uh, over unders, I don't. I had a few of them, but I, I've whittled them down just to three. I'm not even going to mess with any of the Broncos because I really, other than Russ and a couple of the receivers, I really don't know who's on the Broncos anymore. Uh, it's kind of scary that I know more about their coaches than I do about their own friggin' players, but you know, this one. It kind of reverts back to last year with me and Nick. It seemed like it was always on my over-unders just because of the bullshit around it where we all knew he needed more, but the coach wouldn't give him any more. And then we'd hear in the press conferences, oh, well, you know, he did well. We got to make sure we're getting him more involved in the game. So nine and a half carries for Aaron Jones.
0: I think, yes. I think over-under. playing. I'm going over. My bad. Okay. (laughs) Yes, I think over because I think they have to. Um, You know, I I do think there is some prudence to limiting Jones' touches. We kind of saw it. He does tend to get hurt, but he's healthy. He's playing, and they've got to feature him. So, yeah, he's got to get – I say over because basically he has to for this offense to hum.
1: I know how this works. So, I'm just going to say under because they're going to pull some like crap and run him like nine. Watch carries. him get nine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he'll get and, like seven
0: catches or some
1: crap like that. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, he's still quote unquote on a pitch count. So, you know, it, he's only getting nine carries when he's not on a pitch count. He'll get like five carries while on a pitch count. So, I, I'm going to go under. Uh, next one is one and a half sacks for Rashawn Gary. Now we obviously know that the offensive line isn't really doing well for the Broncos and it is Russ. So, you know, he's going to get out of the pocket some, and we know how Gary's been playing lately.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with under purely because I think it's going to be, he might get one, but I think other guys, they're going to spray the sacks around if they get a bunch on Russ, just because he does, you know, I think it was Preston who said he's le- it's like running around trying to catch a chicken. So um, I- I'll say under purely because I think if they get multiple sacks, it's going to be split amongst multiple players, not one guy getting two or three kind of game.
1: Well, this is a good one because I'm going to go over. I think he gets two. And then the Fair last enough. one is one and a half TDs for Jordan Love. I hope so. Over. <laughs> my hope is over too, but again, it's probably going to end up being one of those things where he gets one passing and one rushing or something like yeah. that. So I'm going to say over Um, and I, I didn't differentiate him on my over-under, but I'm going to say <laughs> over even though he probably should get two just passing, but Who knows? Like I said, and I agree with, this is the, uh, you know, make or break week for Jordan. If it still, if he still seems like he's gun shy and everything, then I I just, I don't know if he's our guy going forward. Yeah.
0: It's, you know, I think both of us, you know, especially after they started pretty decently this season and the preseason, you know, mounting that on top of what was a good preseason for love. Um, not that we were thinking he would set the world on fire, but we didn't think he would you know, um, hit the wall like he did the past couple weeks as hard as he did. So um, got to see him bounce back, especially coming out of the bye with the extra time off. So, yeah, it would be really disappointing to see him come out and look like the same or a worse version of what he was against the Lions and the Raiders. So, yeah, really, really stumping for that bounce back game this week. It's uh, just honestly – Obviously, you know, as a fan, you want the win, but I, I need to see the bounce back from love more than anything else from this team. That's that's really what I want out of this game. And, you know, being honest, that's what we wanted out of this season more than anything else. Like, Yeah, team success is always, you know, great and wanted. But more than anything, you want to know whether the future that um, Lafleur and Guterkunst have, you know, kind of put all their balls in the basket of, you want to see that come through for you know not just for them but for as fans of the team you want to see that the future is as bright as they're selling it to
1: be definitely and you know you also want to make sure because you know he's going to need a contract so you want to make sure that and we had this discussion last episode but not saying you got to give him the money if he tears up the broncos but it leads you to more likely lean towards that contract if he continues it throughout the season. Yeah. But, you know, it just, he's, he's got to do better. I, yeah. I, I'm hoping they really worked on stuff during the bye week that, you know, he, he's got out of his head. He's got calmed and we'll see a better Jordan.
0: Yeah. You know, I think Paul Bretta was kind of commenting on it in one of his articles. He was saying how, you know, don't forget, even Lafleur is getting used to calling games for a different quarterback. So, you know, as much as Jordan's the one learning on the job, there is an adjustment from Lafleur too. And you hope to see that Lafleur's process being, you know, one of the quote unquote adults in the room that his process has accelerated through the bye, you know. Um, so that's definitely something to keep an eye on, too. But. Um, Anything else, Joe, that you're looking for going into this game or just hoping for the team to play well? That's the biggest thing you're looking at.
1: Well, I'm interested in seeing if the Packers end up with any of the Broncos players in a trade and they just come back (laughs) on the plane with them.
0: Because, I mean,
1: by all accounts, it sounds like they're going to go on a – Uh, it, the fire, fire
0: sale, sale has definitely started at this point. Yeah, it's um, and just I don't think of... it's
1: going to be a Judy like all these other people are proposing. No, it, it's going to be a defensive guy. It's probably going to be one of the safeties, or it's going to be maybe an a, a middle linebacker because they're worried about Devondre's uh, high ankle sprain.
0: Yeah, yeah. It or, or even it, an
1: offensive lineman somewhere.
0: Yeah. I, I doubt. Like I'm with you. I doubt it would be Judy. I, I just think that it's it's in a he's in a similar situation to like what Bakhtiari is, where it's like the Broncos are going to be trying to recoup on value that no other team is really going to want to trade for at this point. So um, I, I just do, don't think Judy goes anywhere at the deadline. And yeah, it's if Green Bay gets someone from the Broncos, it's going to be someone else. So totally agree there, but. Um, We're going to continue to plug our website. Uh, You heard Joe reference one of our, our last episode where we were kind of talking about what a love contract extension potentially looks like. Check out that episode and all other episodes on the website, ohanapackers.org. Please continue to follow the show. Uh, Give us a follow, give ourselves a follow on Twitter. I'm at Kawano Mike. Joe is at Iowa underscore Joe 86. The show is at Ohana underscore Packers on Twitter please give us a like and a subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts on whatever app or web server. And please give us some comments. We appreciate those and we will take the feedback in a positive manner. But just wanted to... We uh, want
1: feedback, period. I I have no problems biting back if you give us a negative comment.
0: Me neither. I'll just cry to myself at night. But... But that's going to do it for us on this week's Ohana Packers edition opponent preview, wrapping it up saying mahalo and aloha.